He did, however, come to admire Mexico, whose soldiers he had fought against during the Mexican War, and whose beautiful landscapes he had ridden through at that war's end. Grant's progression from the presidency to this office in Wall Street was far from predictable. In March of 1877, at the end of his two terms in the White House, Grant and his wife, Julia, set off on a trip around the world that would last for two years. Grant was a fundamentally shy man despite his years in the American public eye. The Grants thought of themselves as sightseers, private citizens taking an extended vacation after his many years of military and civilian public service. Yet in nation after nation they found themselves the focus of enormous interest. Wherever they went, crowds gathered to see them. It became clear that Grant, although an unofficial ambassador, was one of the most popular representatives of the United States ever to travel abroad. Although the crowds who flocked to see him knew nothing about his background, they seemed to sense that this son of the successful operator of a small tannery was a man of the people. At the same time, throughout Europe, the Grants were honored and entertained by royalty and other prominent personages. In England, they spent a weekend with Queen Victoria at Windsor Palace. In Rome, they met with the newly installed Pope, Leo XIII. During their visit to Berlin, Prince Otto von Bismarck, Germany's Iron Chancellor, of whom Grant said, He is, no doubt, the greatest statesman of the present time. Spent two hours in his office at the Radziwill Palace discussing world affairs with Grant, treating him with great respect as a military and national leader, who possessed first-hand knowledge he was eager to acquire. Bismarck knew a highly organized and compartmentalized mind when he encountered one. Describing the way Grant handled the topics that arose at their meeting, he said, I saw at once that he knew his subject thoroughly, or else he avoided it completely. Eventually the Grants continued on from Europe to Egypt, India, and the Far East. After visits to China and Japan, during which Grant so impressed the leadership of both nations that they entrusted him with what proved to be the successful settlement of a boundary dispute involving the Ryukyu Islands, the Grants crossed the Pacific on the liner city of Tokyo to return to the United States. As they came ashore in San Francisco in September of 1879, they received an immensely enthusiastic welcome. But as was so often the case with the Grant family, a unique personal story hid behind the headlines. As reported by their twenty-one-year-old son Jesse, who had come west to be reunited with them, Father and Mother were at the Palace Hotel when I rejoined them, and Mother was the first to hasten to greet me. If your father asks if there is anything peculiar about his articulation, pretend not to notice it, she urged after the first breathless greeting. And then Mother went on to explain that Father's Japanese servant, shipboard steward, had accidentally thrown overboard his dental plate with two teeth attached, and since this loss he frequently whistled in his speech. True enough, Father almost at once asked me if I noticed anything peculiar about his speech, and I promptly answered no, to his evident relief. Grant and Julia then began some months of traveling and living in various places in the United States. This period of Grant's life ended in June of 1880, 
when his backers at the Republican National Convention in Chicago failed in their clumsy, complacent attempt to make him their party's presidential candidate for a third time. At this point in his life, Grant was ambivalent concerning a third term, but Julia would have enjoyed returning to the White House. That resulted in the nomination and subsequent election of Republican James A. Garfield, a man Grant characterized as not possessed of the backbone of an angleworm. However Garfield might have turned out as a president, he was assassinated ninety days after his inauguration and was succeeded by his vice-president, Chester A. Arthur. Ulysses and Julia were then drawn to New York City by its magnet of money and success. Grant was a man who knew real poverty during his pre-Civil War years, at one point having resigned from the regular army to avoid a court-martial for being drunk on duty.